Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Wednesday, April 22nd. I'm joined today by Sean Pizan from Fox 8 and by Mike Triplett from ESPN as we do a little draft roundtable before tomorrow night's draft. Fellas, how are we doing today? Quarantine day, day something. <laughs> yeah, the same. <laughs> the yeah. same day over and over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the draft, though. It's uh, breaking up the monotony of uh, the last couple of weeks. So, uh, happy the draft is here. Yeah, it's given us something to focus on, that's for sure. So, to start things off, I have to bring up what happened yesterday. Uh, Sean, we'll start with you first. Your thoughts on yesterday's news of Gronk going to the Bucks? Well, first off, uh, man, that happened quickly. All of a sudden, uh, you see the report that, the, that he may come back, then before you know it, Within like an hour, he, he already take they already taken the physical. They agreed on compensation. Lo and behold, he rejoins uh, Tampa Bay. You know, my first thought was good thing they signed Malcolm Jenkins, the Saints, because uh, uh, when I watched uh, his film from Philadelphia the last couple of years, I thought the best thing that stood out about him was his ability to cover tight ends, man to man, and you get arguably the best uh, in the game, depending on you know if he returns back to his form. Um, I think it brings a lot of uh, even more. Um, of the spotlight, offensive spotlight to uh, to the NFC South. And who knows? Maybe we'll see a, a primetime game with Saints and Bucks this year. Who knows? Well, it's funny that Sean said good thing they signed Malcolm Jenkins, which I agree with. And I think the Saints have uh, really good depth in their secondary overall with nickel and dime backs so they can figure out a good way to match up against him. But we were already saying an outside linebacker who could cover – uh, was their probably number one need in this year's draft. I don't think they would change their draft board specifically to match up against Rob Gronkowski, especially since that's a short-term issue and not a long-term issue. Uh, but all of a sudden it does make, you know, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen or whatever that much more enticing because I think it, it, the Saints have very few holes in their lineup or very few weaknesses, but one of them is probably an athletic linebacker who can cover outside right. of DeMarcus. So you guys mentioned it a little bit. The signing of Jenkins certainly helps things, but obviously the the strong NFC South offenses has just increased in power with Grunt coming out of retirement and joining the Bucks. So you guys are saying that you're pretty confident right now in the Saints secondary, but they need to get stronger at that linebacker position. Yeah, I think I have linebackers. Their number one need in the draft, not just for that reason. I mean, it's probably the place where you could plug a guy into the starting lineup right away mm -hmm. on the entire team, because we don't know for sure if Kiko Alonso will be back from a torn ACL. We don't know how healthy Alex Anzalone will be and be able to stay. So I would say that's their biggest hole in their starting lineup, but it is definitely their biggest long-term hole because Demario Davis, who's mm -hmm. in his thirties, Kiko Alonso, Alex Anzalone, Craig Robertson, who's in his 30s, are all free agents after this year. So that is a position that, if it's not the first-round pick, um, they're going to need to shore up. I 100% agree. Um, I think if you look at that linebacker position, as you go through the roster and scan the spots, that is the glaring, okay, I can see a rookie, a day-one starter, similar to where uh, Eric McCoy last year, when he, came, he basically became a day-one starter at the center position, um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think the linebacker position was the biggest need, even before the Rob Gronkowski signing, perhaps even more so now, because it's not just Gronkowski uh, with, uh, with Brady. There's a lot of weapons on that Tampa Bay team that, uh, in my opinion, underachieved a lot over the last few years. I don't think it's going to happen this year with Brady and Gronk. But I absolutely agree with Mike in that if you look at this roster and you look at 
what's available at that position already on your roster. I think absolutely it's a must. They have to get uh, a linebacker, an athletic linebacker that can cover. Uh, and I think that's that is probably – uh, the biggest unknown heading into 2020, maybe one of the few unknowns on the Saints 2020 roster. So they haven't picked a, a linebacker at number one uh, since this Stefan Anthony. So Mike, I don't know if this news was breaking while you were releasing your pick yesterday. You picked a defensive end out of Penn State who I'm going to let you say his name because yeah. even though I spelled it out <laughs> phonetically on my piece of paper here. I'm still not going to even attempt to say it. Do you still stick with that defensive end pick? Well, yeah, it's first of all, it's not going to be that bad if this happens. It's it's uh, Yitor Gross Matos. It just uh, looks more overwhelming because there's so many letters in it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, we, we made that pick. I actually made that pick on Friday uh, so that we could prepare and make all our videos and stuff. But both Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen were gone when I made that pick. And I probably honestly would have gone with Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen if they had been available Um uh, Justin Jefferson was gone too at wide receiver. And that kind of tells you where my brain was. I considered a linebacker. I considered a wide receiver and I went with a defensive end. I think that's how the Saints are going to approach this draft. It, I have six positions listed as, as need positions for them. And it'll be the highest graded player at one of those positions. That's how they always do it. And that's how you're supposed to do the draft. You don't say we're getting a linebacker and with, you know, whoever our highest rated linebacker is, that's who we're drafting. They won't do it that way. Um, so it could be a variety of different positions. Uh, linebacker would be the best fit, but they won't force it if it's not there. Now, the one wild card in all this is Jordan Love. Jordan Love was available when we did our ESPN mock draft. And, and I kind of cheated a little bit. I, I didn't pick Jordan Love to them, partly because I don't know that, you know, they really want Jordan Love for sure. But I also don't know that he'll be there at 24. If, you know, if a team loves him, he might go a lot sooner than that. And I just decided I don't want to make this mock draft all about, oh, Mike Triplett is reporting the Saints are going to draft Jordan Love. Because <laughs> I still think I, I would still consider it a long shot. But if they like him enough, that's got to be the pick, even if you have to trade up for him. If they love a quarterback enough to take him, then take a quarterback. That, that, that exceeds all the other needs. I just He's just the only guy who might be there for them in that range. And I don't have enough conviction that they do love him. It's interesting that you said that that, that the quarterback position precedes all the other needs on the team because it seems like the Saints are kind of going all in, all chips on the table right now uh, for this year, win now, because it might be Drew's last year. So it's interesting that you say quarterback is the position that they might take first. Well, I think they're good enough to go all in, even if they don't add a draft pick. I mean, as Sean said, I completely agree. I could write their starting lineup in pen, even at linebacker. I mean, if Kiko Alonso and Alex Anzalone are healthy, they've even got good starters at linebacker. Um, so it's not like they've got glaring holes all over their roster. They're going to mm -hmm. contend this year with or without this draft pick. So quarterback is the biggest need because it's just the biggest need for every team in the league. And, and, you know, they do like Taysom Hill, but they don't know for sure. They should take a lot of stabs at quarterback over the next couple of years. Since Jeff Ireland can't, Sean, sorry, if it, did you want to add anything to that? No, no, I was just going to say, Jordan Love, I, I, I called it on our, uh, we did a Facebook Live uh, last night over at Fox 8, and uh, they asked me, what, how would you rate the quarterback position in terms of need? I said, I called it a position of curiosity. I wouldn't go necessarily need. I think all, all teams are in need of a franchise quarterback. They don't have one, and the Saints have had one for a really long time, but 
you know, who knows what's going to happen after this year. It's been year to year with Drew Brees. Um, and in particular with Jordan Love, because I've seen a, a few mock drafts having Jordan Love uh, to the Saints, one even trading up high uh, to go get him. Uh, just my personal opinion is that is a high-risk, high-reward uh, type player. Um, uh, if the Saints love him, no pun intended, then perhaps there's a chance uh, he's available at 24 and they take him. But, man, that is really – I could not – I couldn't – I'm a little bit with Mike in that. I, I couldn't bring myself to make that selection for the Saints because I just don't know uh, how much the Saints do like him. But if you go back to the Patrick Mahomes draft, I mean, it was pretty clear, I mean – that the Saints liked Mahomes. I mean, there was – leading up to the draft. But this year, I don't know that we've heard the same sort of rumblings. Now, obviously, it's, it's a little bit of a different uh, circumstance this, this, with this draft and that Mahomes draft. But still, uh, that would be a – man, that would be a, a tough one to make a call on. It's, it's so funny. First of all, Sean, I've leaned into the love, love. Yeah, love I was, I was about to say that. You can't <laughs> avoid it. You cannot <laughs> avoid it. So, like, I try to write, and I'm like, oh, what's, what's another word I can use? Shoot, because I don't want to say love, love. And then finally, I'm like, forget it. I'm going to make it my headline. I'm going to make it, it my first line. Of my, I mean, you got to lean yeah. into it, and we all will if they draft him. <laughs> yeah, he made himself giggle uh, during, the, during his little hit there. He made himself laugh. <laughs> it's unavoidable. But, but it is the right word, because I, I like what Sean said about a quarterback being a position of curiosity. We've seen the Saints do this for five or ten years. They won't force themselves to draft a quarterback unless they're in love with one. And, and they're going to explore it. And they're going to try. And they were in love with Patrick Mahomes. You're completely right. And it's funny because, you know, we talk ourselves into circles over this, but we knew they liked Patrick Mahomes. Sean Payton <laughs> flew there and did his workout. We knew they liked Garrett Grayson. Sean Payton flew there and did his workout. This year, Sean Payton says, oh, I wasn't even on the Zoom meeting with Jordan Love. But then you're like, oh, is it because somebody traded up ahead of them for Patrick Holmes? Uh, right. So now he's being coy about Like, I mean, you can talk yourself into circles, but but I agree that the tea leaves are not there so far, but that could just mean subterfuge. Hmm. Uh, it's no secret to us that Jeff Ireland is behind a lot of the success uh, for the Saints in the, in the past five drafts since he came on. Um, and, you know, I think it was Duncan that said yesterday that most Saints fans wouldn't be able to pick him out if he was in the grocery store, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, over the last years, the, the last five years, the Saints have traded up in the draft. If you had to put money on it, what, what do you think uh, the percentage is that the Saints trade up in this year's draft? I'm going to say a, a good – if we put a percentage on it, I would say 80%. I mean, is that – I mean, strong enough? Because I feel like – I mean, history has shown that they're going to make a move uh, in the draft class. If Sean Payton uh, is indeed in the virtual war room, as it would be uh, this year. And they've had some success with it, not just moving up, but moving up with this future picks model. You know, it doesn't feel like great business on the surface, but you can't really argue with the net result when you talk about David Anyamata, Alvin Kamara. Um, Davenport is still, you know, I think he's still got to reach the ceiling a little bit. And then Eric McCoy, those are the last four they trade up to get and use a future pick to get there. So they all, all circles back to uh, the evaluation of the prospect. And the guy in charge of those evaluations have been Jeff Ireland. I think, uh, he, I thought Jeff's article hit the nail right on the head. I think he's been invaluable over the last five years. I think he's been one of the keys to their turnaround over the last couple of seasons. Completely agree. Yeah. I, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I just wrote it the other day. I think they've traded up 17 times in the last 13 drafts, and they have not traded down 
since 2007. And, and Mickey right. Loomis is unapologetic about it. He said that it's a model that's worked for us. If you like a guy, you go get him. That's how they believe the draft can work. And, and look, they only probably have, you know, 10 or fewer roster spots available. And they like the undrafted players. We're not talking about a team that needs to rebuild with 10, 12 picks. So I completely agree with Sean. Uh, the, two different questions, though. Would they trade up in round one? Obviously, maybe based on their history. But it's hard to envision them trading up in round one since they don't have a second round pick. They don't have mm -hmm. a ton of ammo. But trading up to get into round two and get that second round pick, use a future pick next year when we think they might actually have a compensatory pick to work with um, and, and a little more to work with next year. I, I'll almost be surprised if they don't trade up right. in round two. That, that's the pick I think. That's the trade up I see happening more. You're exactly right, Mike. I, I see that trade that day two trade into the second round or top of the third round, whatever the case may be by using a future pick. You made a great point about the compensatory picks next year. They haven't had those in a really long time. So uh, you'll have a few extra. And I like the point you made about, you know, is it really necessary to have a big draft class this year? I mean, if you trade back to accumulate picks, you're almost forcing yourself to have to cut a, a draft pick or two because there just aren't that many spots available and jobs available on this roster. It's pretty set. So that's why I think uh, right now they have five picks, but it's quite possible to end up with less at the end of this draft just because of them trading up. So um, I actually think that third round pick using that and, and a next year's number two to go up. I actually think that's the, the, the trade we should all watch for. Hmm. And you guys have said multiple times that you're comfortable with the Saints roster right now. Mike, you said you'd write it in pen, but I mean, you can't ignore the 18 wide receivers that Daniel Jeremiah had in the top 100 of this year's draft. And yeah. it really does seem like a prime time to kind of groom a young wide receiver. You have Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Drew Brees. Uh, how do you think the Saints play that out? Well, yeah, just to be clear, um, uh, when I said that about the pen, I meant the starting lineup. Like oh, I can gotcha. feel this. Yeah. I can feel the starting lineup without being like, well, you know, last year we the center was a really good point. We're like, we don't know who their center is yet heading into the draft this year. We, you know, you can, you can pencil in a starter at every <laughs> position. And then maybe if they draft somebody better, um, they will uh, uh, replace them. But there is definitely a lot of positions where they need, more depth and where they need to get younger. Receiver is one of them because Emmanuel Sanders is 33 years old. Cornerback another because Janoris Jenkins is 31 years old. Guard for sure because uh, Sean Payton even said that. Larry Warford is going to be a free agent after the season. They might need a new start. There's a lot of positions where they're going to need a starter by next year. And, and defensive end, which I said um, they could have a third guy. Uh, so there's no question. And, and wide receiver would be a great one, even though they signed Emmanuel Sanders. You can use a third receiver uh, um, and, and have three receivers all playing at the same time this year and then have that guy eventually become a number two for sure. Sean, anything to add or? To the wide receiver class, I absolutely yes. feel like this wide receiver class um, is as good as it's ever been. You'll probably get, uh, and I'm not just talking about the Saints, but just in general, there are probably going to be wide receivers drafted day three that in other drafts would probably be a high day two pick or even a late day one pick um so this is so absolutely i i would expect the saints at some point uh it would not be a bad idea to get a wide receiver in the mix because of the uh the is multiplicity a word the multiple nature we'll of the offense the personal packages you're gonna have 
uh, more than just two, two receivers on the field quite often. So to get a third receiver, that's another area where may not be a quote-unquote starter, but can be a contributor uh, right away at the wide receiver position, just given uh, how Sean Payton loves to operate his offense. So uh, I'll be very curious to see, given the depth of the class, if teams are a little hesitant early, and does that push because of the idea that perhaps there's, there's going to be wide receivers available later, and does that push some quality uh, receivers back into late day one, into round two, possibly day three, and maybe that's the move the Saints make to go up and get one. But – you know, all, all factors that are all scenarios that you don't really know about come game day. I mean, I'll come unless until draft day rolls around. But I just think overall, it's a really, really good wide receiver class. And the Saints would absolutely, despite the signing of Emmanuel Sanders, be interested in adding another wide receiver. Hmm. Well, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. I know we have Mickey Loomis here soon at 11, uh, but I need one hot take from you guys each. All right, so you can pick one of each to answer. Okay. Uh, which team will have the most technical t- technical difficulty during this draft, or which member of the Saints personnel, like front office, like Terry or Jeff or Sean or Mickey, will have the most technical difficulty during this draft? Oh, man, that's a tough one. How about we go with the Jets having the, the biggest uh, bungling the IT department? Doesn't it, isn't it always sort of a, uh, a thing <laughs> on draft night? Jets fans always hate their picks, so to have it in this style, uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. How about that? All right, I like that one. Mike, anything? Oh, man. I should just say the Falcons to get my approval rating <laughs> up high. Uh, but if I had to really place a bet, obviously I'd go with the Dolphins. They have three first-round picks, three chances mm. to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I like it. Well, fellas, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, good luck with all your draft prep continued today and, uh, of course, tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. Thank, thank you. you very much. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We'll have a live stream of Mickey Loomis uh, at 11 a.m. if you want to tune into that on Saints social media or NewOrleansSaints.com. But if you miss it, that'll be available on NewOrleansSaints.com throughout the day, probably be posted later this afternoon. Also, we'll have a draft kickoff show available for you tomorrow with John DeShazer and I giving you everything you need to know heading into the 2020 NFL Draft. As always, be sure to check out the Saints app, turn on your notifications, and look at Saints social media for everything you need to know to keep you updated with this year's draft. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me on today's show, and we'll catch back up next week.